from Ranch TV Studios, this is Beef with Millennials, hosted by Allie, Julia, and Corey. We are here to give you the facts on beef production and how we, as millennials, can make an impact on the future of the beef industry. So Julia, who do we have with us for this episode? Today, with Ranch TV, we have Dr. Wickersham of Texas A&M, and we're going to be asking him a few questions. Uh, Dr. Wickersham, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and where you came from? Okay, so I was actually born in Nebraska. I'm not a native Texan. Um, grew up on a relatively small farm. We had pigs and cattle as well and a few horses. And we actually, I lived there until I was 12. And then we moved to Greeley, Colorado, or near Greeley, Colorado. And that's where I went to high school, where we had Again, we farmed and then had sheep and cattle and showed registered Angus heifers and then Suffolk sheep all through high school. Okay. Um, and where did you start your college career? Where did you do your undergrad, master's, PhD? What about that? Okay. So in Colorado, my plan was to go to Colorado State because that's where pretty much everybody <laughs> went would be to go to Colorado State, especially if you're interested in ag. And then my parents were going to relocate to Texas and they asked me to consider going to college in Texas and so um, looking around we found Texas A&M it was close to where they were going to live and it was an ag school as well just like CSU and what I actually wanted to be was a water lawyer and so I started with ag engineering um, to learn about water systems and how the engineering behind water uh, but relatively early I realized I didn't like engineering and design (laughs) classes weren't really a lot of fun Um, so then I switched animal science so I did my undergraduate degree in animal science at Texas A&M University and somewhere sophomore junior year I kind of decided I liked the idea of going to graduate school and maybe becoming a professor sometime Um, so I contacted Kansas State University and what I was most interested in was cow-calf nutrition because that's where um, I knew the most about growing up with cow-calf my entire life that was the idea that kind of resonated the most and um, I contacted them, our cow, their cow-calf nutritionist there, Bob Cochran, and went up there, visited, and um, spent eight years there, four years doing a master's and four years doing a PhD. I was the um, basically the graduate student manager of the cow-calf herds. We had about okay. 400 cows that I helped manage. Um, we had two full-time guys who did most of the actual management. I did all the record-keeping and ran part of the lab, so it was a good experience. But both degrees there, and I was there eight years. And then right after you graduated with your PhD, did you move here to work as a professor? Right after, I didn't actually have a job for quite a while. Um, (laughs) I mean, it was long enough that we had looked for another place in Manhattan to lease, and we'd leased a place, and I'd actually Mm -hmm. accepted a position at Kansas State running the feedlot, um, which would have been a good experience. But shortly after I accepted that position, um, Texas A&M called, and they had a position, and they offered me that position in 2006. Oh, wow. I was smart enough to tell the people at K-State that if that position opened up and I got that job, I would leave K-State and go to Texas A&M. <laughs> and so, yeah, pretty much right after graduate school, we made the trip back down to College Station. Oh, nice. You got to return. I did. <laughs> and uh, can you tell us a little bit about uh, your research and what you do now with your students and what your main focus is? Okay, so from a research standpoint, we really focus on, I mean, I don't know if you can focus on three areas, but we work primarily in three (laughs) areas. Um, The first would be basically just beef cattle production systems, and when I say we, this is most of our works, most of my work's in collaboration with Jason Sawyer, and so we do a lot of our projects together and advise our grad students together. 
Uh, we work on beef cattle production systems. That could be everything from cow-calf. We do feedlot research. Right now we have a relatively large project at a commercial yard in Amarillo going on um, to cow-calf uh, limit feeding systems. How do you effectively feed cows when there's not a lot of forage available? Are there okay. alternatives to depopulation? Mm -hmm. And then uh, we've also done a lot of work on the utilization of byproducts from other industries in um, beef cattle production systems, so distillers grains. Um, most notably, we've done a lot of work with algae and feeding algae to cattle as a way to use co-product from algal biofuel production um, to improve beef cattle systems. And now we're working on a relatively novel uh, seed protein uh, that's left over from a tree oh. uh, as a protein supplement. And most recently, we've started working on basically trying to understand how much beef cattle contribute to meeting human demands for food. So are beef cattle a valuable source of nutrients for people and how do they compete with people for nutrients versus how do they access and utilize nutrients that you and I can't consume? Wow, you sound busy. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> yeah. It's a good thing. We enjoy it. Yeah. The grad students do most of the work, right? It's the yeah. got a professor. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ideas. Yeah, you have ideas. Yeah, you have ideas. Yeah, have ideas, and then you let them do the work. <laughs> Sounds like luxury. It is. It it's is. Great. <laughs> All right. Um, moving on. Let's talk a little bit. You know, you're a very successful man, and what are your secrets? Like, what steps did you take to get where you are now? So, we could argue about the relative success, but um, <laughs> it's been good. I've had a good career at Texas A&M in graduate school. I think the thing. That was most important is I had relatively early on a fairly clear idea of what I was interested in. And so that being cow-calf nutrition, that really allowed me to focus on that. And probably more importantly is I've always had um, exceptional mentors. And so mm -hmm. as an undergraduate, I had uh, Dr. Skaggs was really valuable at Texas A&M in terms of mentoring me and helping me oh, yes, develop as a young person. And um, then when I went to graduate school, I had two major professors, Bob Cochran and Evan Titkemeyer who really spent a lot of time with me, teaching mm -hmm. me how to be a researcher, teaching me how to be a scientist, and probably more importantly, um, showing me how to manage difficult situations, manage people, manage my time um, to be most effective. And then when I moved here, just the interaction with Jason Sawyer and learning about his way of managing things. And the other thing that has really contributed a lot to my success is the is our ability to recruit exceptional students. Mm -hmm. and so we've had a lot of students over the years that are just exceptionally bright young people who are very motivated. And uh, you can give them ideas and they run with those ideas and take them to places you maybe didn't ever imagine. <laughs> and then uh, effectively take credit for yeah. all of their hard work. So, <laughs> yes, uh, once again, yeah, it's the good. benefits. The benefits. <laughs> but I mean, I think that's really a key thing is being willing to hire people who are mm -hmm. smarter than you and work harder than you, and, <laughs> um, give them the opportunity to succeed. And then at home, I've just really benefited from having a lot of support from my family and mm -hmm. they understand my wife has a master's in ruminant nutrition as well. So she oh, understands wow. the job and yeah. probably has more sympathy than mm -hmm. others might. So we've really oh, enjoyed that. Plus, I think lucky. I guess having a background in the beef cattle industry makes it a passion mm -hmm. and then we have a small herd of cows at the house that we work with oh that's nice and so that gives me more personal 
investment mm -hmm. in those cows. And I'd really like the beef industry to exist in a profitable way so my girls oh, yeah. could work in it mm -hmm. in the future. That's really nice, yeah. Would you say that uh, throughout your time in your collegiate career, did you ever, I know a lot of students tend to doubt themselves. Like they'll think, oh, I want to be a vet or oh, I want to do this. Did you ever doubt the desire to study, you know, ruminant nutrition? I don't know that I ever doubted the desire to study ruminant nutrition. I've always been pretty singular in that commitment to being a ruminant nutritionist. I think I started struggling. It was difficult for me to get a job mm -hmm. out of graduate school because I wanted to work in academia and teach mm -hmm. a professor, and that was relatively difficult to find a position. Um, so I probably started doubting that. Mm -hmm. And uh, industry was very different in that it was very quick to interview. They were very rapid in offering yeah. me jobs. <laughs> they tend to pay more. And still pay more, and so I think <laughs> there's sometimes that kind of doubt, right? So I have mm -hmm. to really make sure that what I actually wanted to do as a professor. And I think I guess if I could say something to young people, that would be something is to do something you're really passionate about, right? It's important that it pays the bills and mm -hmm. buys food and keeps us clothed, but um, it's really great to have a job that you're excited to go to and excited yeah. to do each day. Well, I'm glad you had the grit to stay in academia. Yeah, no, I had good. a good time in your class several semesters ago. And now let's move on to talking a little bit about beef nutrition. Mm -hmm. What are some of the advantages of ruminants over monogastric animals? You know, some of our listeners don't necessarily know a lot about beef production, so could you kind of explain that a little bit? Right, so I think this is kind of the area we've been working on most recently, and um, something we've really started to think a lot about is we don't do a very good job of explaining to consumers what the advantages of beef cattle are. Mm -hmm. And so when you read stuff or read popular press, beef cattle get really beat up on in terms of their poor feed conversion, that they produce so much methane. And those are some realities of beef cattle production, right? They're always going to produce more methane than a chicken or a pig. Mm -hmm. And feed conversion's always going to be, or more than likely always going to be worse. But what we really need to ask and what we really need to begin to tell consumers is, while their feed conversion is poor, they're consuming nutrients and sources of nutrients that we as humans can't consume. Mm -hmm. right? We can't go out and graze grass, we can't turn pigs out on that grass, we can't turn chickens out on that grass and expect them to come back and <laughs> produce a product. Whereas we can turn cows out and ask them to convert um, largely unutilizable sources of nutrients into something that's tasty, whether that's milk mm -hmm. or in our case beef. Right? We can ask them to do that and they do that and they do it relatively well. Um, I think with that, recognizing that decreasing methane and increasing or improving um, feed conversion is valuable. So how can we continue to feed them resources that we can't utilize, whether that's grass or co-products from other industries? How can we feed those to them and get them to improve performance even more than okay. they already do? So I think um, the biggest advantage ruminants have to answer your original question is they can take sources of nutrients that humans can't directly utilize and convert that into really high quality sources of amino acids um, that you and I enjoy consuming. <laughs> and um, in regards to industry, like your everyday rancher, what are some common mistakes that producers tend to make when feeding their cattle? So uh, I think maybe the biggest common mistake, and we're probably guilty of this mistake at home with our own personal cows, is we feed cows more out of habit. Like, it's mm -hmm. this day, so now we need to go ahead and provide this supplement, rather than looking at the science and saying, is there a more effective way to deliver nutrients to my mm -hmm. cows? Do they need this supplement 
this time of year or sh could I wait 10 more days or 20 more days or a month or maybe my cows are in good enough body condition score that I don't need to supplement at all this okay. year. Like, we tend to supplement or make nutritional decisions out of habit, not necessarily out of what's currently going on. That makes sense. I understand that. And in regards to those type of um, decisions that producers make in the past 10 years, 15 years, how have you seen the beef industry improve? You know, we've made pretty great strides there and what's something that's really stuck out to you? I think the biggest improvement is just our ability to begin to use data and look at animal performance and select animals that um, perform better and then deliver them the nutrients they require. I think people really are beginning to see and understand better that meeting nutrient requirements allows the cows to rebreed faster, allows them to produce more calves. Um, or allows a herd to produce more calves with higher weaning weights and that translates into increased profitability. I think, you know, an ongoing challenge will be increasing line pr land prices and how producers adapt to that and how we continue to have a cow herd that can produce enough calves to meet the beef demands okay. of the United States. Mm -hmm. And to finish off our interview here, I'm going to ask you one last question. What would be your biggest recommendation for young people entering the beef industry? What do you suggest to them to be like their defining factor? I think um, just with the students we deal with here at A&M and the students I've met around here and there, a lot of them come from maybe more non-traditional backgrounds, so maybe don't have didn't grow up on a large ranch or didn't grow up owning a feedlot. And I think that's actually a lot of value because they can bring a different perspective to the beef industry. But with that, I can't um, emphasize enough the importance of going and doing internships mm -hmm. and putting yourself out there and gaining experience. I think most beef cattle producers really like to share what they know with young people and um, just go work for a ranch or go work for a feedlot. And even if you don't necessarily want to do that for a living but you just want to be involved in the beef industry I think those experiences um, help you understand the industry you're working in and help you meet the needs of that clientele better so the biggest thing I guess would be to go and gather experiences through internships or tours or um, you know going to National Cattlemen's Beef Association meetings or Texas Southwest Cattle Racers meeting going and meeting those people and learning about what works for them. Absolutely, absolutely. I do think that that's been really in regards to my collegiate experience in both my um, undergrad and now into my master's. That's been something that's been really pivotal and it, pivotal in my career, and it it makes you more marketable to your future employers. I really think so. We just did a curriculum revision here in the Department of Animal Science for undergrads, and that was one of the things the industry stakeholders kept talking about was how important it was for the students to have internships and how they might even look at internships. Um, as more important than grades, right? Mm -hmm. Going out and having work experience and doing those things. A person with those and mediocre grades looks a lot more favorable than a person with great grades but who has mm -hmm. no experience. <laughs> I agree. I agree. No work experience. Even if that work experience is, you know, grocery store or whatever, right? Having a job matters. Mm -hmm. I agree. Well, uh, thank you for your time. Your answers really meant a lot, and I'm sure that our listeners will really value them. And we really appreciate you stopping by. Okay, thanks. Thank you. Our goal here at Beef with Millennials is to provide our listeners with the facts about beef production so that they can make an informed and conscious decision about adding beef to their healthy lifestyles. Keep a lookout for our next episode. We have some great interviews lined up for the coming weeks. 
To stay up to date with this podcast and our other projects, follow us on Facebook at Ranch TV and on Twitter and Instagram at Ranch TVU. Until next time, this has been Beef with Millennials.